0: week's message I titled, Under Pressure, The Path to Perseverance. For the past few Sundays, we've been focusing on the eternal characteristics of God. Two weeks ago, Patrick shared the message of the abounding love of God that is both limitless and boundless. Last week, I shared the message of the relentless nature of God, a a good kind of relentless that brings us comfort as we recognize his love, his care, and, and even his guiding discipline is that it's constant. And this week, we're going to pivot a bit and look at how all of this comes together to help us develop our character to be more like his, our character to be more like his. Life is filled with various pressures and challenges that often leave us feeling overwhelmed and uncertain. However, as believers, we have a unique perspective. We know that God has a purpose for every season of our lives, including the times of pressure and refining. This morning, we're going to turn to the word of God to gain wisdom and we will be reminded of the importance of responding appropriately to life's pressures and how they can be used for God's purpose in refining us. Jesus's own words found in John 16, say, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. There's certainly more to this passage, but let's pause here for a moment. Think about what he's telling us. Jesus acknowledges that you will face hardship and pressures. He doesn't say that God will cause them. He doesn't say that he is aware, um, but he does say that he is aware that in this world, we can expect him to, we can expect troubles. We can expect him to be there with us. We cannot avoid some of the challenges that come our way, but we can have a perspective and response based on the truths that we know about God and his love for us. And this allows us to endure them and respond to them in a way that aligns with God's will for our lives. Now life's pressures can take various forms, the demands of our careers, the complexities of relationships, the loss of friends and loved ones, financial struggles, health issues, and and many other challenges that we just encounter along this journey of life. And these pressures can feel overwhelming sometimes and test the very core of our faith. However, we can take solace in the fact that these pressures are not unexpected or uncommon Jesus himself assures us, in this world, you will have trouble. And I regularly encourage you to have a verse or two in your arsenal for moments like these, to to draw upon when you you face a challenge. And, And mine is this, it's James 1, 2 through 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. I admit that this verse didn't initially bring me the peace that I sought, right? Consider it joy. Right? What? Why? How? How am I supposed to, whatever, this job loss, this relationship struggle, find out, I'm supposed to find this joyful? But studying and considering the words deeper, I discovered that joy means more than simple happiness. I wasn't told to be happy that I was going through some stuff or happy that you're going through some challenges. Rather, true spiritual joy is often a measure of peace and comfort and contentment despite the cause of the unhappiness or unease. And like most people, I, I find the meaning I think I'm looking for, then stop, consider it pure joy, because you know that testing and faith versus perseverance, that's a great, great thing to hold on to. But in one particular struggle, I read on and discovered more truth in this simple passage that I'd relied on for so long. It goes on to say, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Wow. It's a process. There's more to it. There's more to come. And there's a purpose. James reminds us that these trials are not meant to break us, but to shape us into stronger believers, equipping us to to navigate the many challenges of life with steadfastness and with faith. And with that understanding, perhaps we can look at these struggles the way that God wants us to. We know the, the story that, you know, coal carbon can be pressed into a diamond. And, and that's maybe how should we should look at these things. That's certainly how God looks at these things. As you see this picture on the screen. While these pressures may appear overwhelming, we must remember that they are ultimately under God's control. In Romans 8, 28, the apostle Paul assures us these words, he says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. Now, this is one of those ones that gets taken out of context. People hear this and they say, all things are good. No, there will be trouble. But we know in all things, God works for good. This verse provides us with hope and assurance that even in the midst of the pressures and trials we face, God is actively working for our good and for his ultimate purpose. Like I said, um, they weren't meant to break you, but to repent refine you. And in the face of life's pressures, it is crucial that we anchor ourselves in the unwavering truth of God's sovereignty. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 advises and also warns, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to, and this means acknowledge, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. When we trust in God's sovereignty, we, we acknowledge his wisdom, his power and goodness in every situation by recognizing our own limited understanding, we open ourselves to the divine guidance and say, maybe there is something more that I'm not getting here. And this is a wisdom that we should recognize as belonging to God, but, but he still wants us to seek it. When pressure surrounds us, it is easy to succumb to fear and confusion and uncertainty. God wants us to rely on him and say, what, what's in here for me? What do you want me to learn? What do you want me to do? And here's where we keep reading that passage from James 1. Continuing now at verse 5, we are encouraged to approach God with a humble heart, seeking his wisdom and guidance. We we found out the first part, right? Um, Consider it joy, and then let it finish its work. And then it goes on and says, if any of you lacks this wisdom, right? Anybody need a little more wisdom? Yeah. You should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault? You know, he's not saying you should have known that. And it will be given to you. And when you ask, you must believe and know, not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. You see, God is the source of all wisdom, and through prayer and study of his word, we can access, access the divine wisdom necessary to navigate the pressures of the world. With this, it becomes easier and natural to cultivate a spirit of perseverance. And last week, we talked about relentlessness, the pressure of life that often tests our endurance and our resilience. As relentless as they seem to us, we must match them with our relentless faith. Hebrews 12, 1, 3 encourages us to run the race of faith with perseverance. Looking to Jesus as our ultimate example. Listen to the boldness of the Apostle Paul who certainly faced his share of challenges. He says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. As we fix our eyes on Jesus and draw strength from his endurance, we are empowered to persevere through life's pressures and remain faithful to our are calling. This is an uncut diamond. This is a, a cut diamond, right? This, we think the one on the right's got more value because we, you know, it's pretty and, and that. But the one on the left, you know, a jeweler can look at that and, and know that that is what's in there. And so when we look at our mess, we need to see what the end product is. That's how God looks at us. Not the junk we're in the middle of, not the, the uh, this current season of bad choices, but the end result of our faith journey. That's how God sees us. And he wants us to see ourselves the same way. And God wants you to have a faith and bold confidence in his promises and who he is. And there is a process to this. And that means this is not a once and done thing. There is a refinement that can only take place under both time and pressure. And when we encounter intense pressures, it is natural to question God's plan and purpose. However, 1 Peter 1, 6-7 provides us with a different perspective. He says, And all this, you greatly rejoice. Well, there's that word again, rejoice. It says, though now for a little while you have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, he's saying that is, which perishes even when refined by fire, he says, but your greater worth of your genuine faith, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. you ever thought that maybe the goodness that comes from your bad situation has very little to do with you at all, but the people that are watching you go through it and experiencing it and saying, you know, wow, God has delivered that person or or their testimony or what they've gone through has really encouraged me. You know, we, we, a couple times over the years, I've, I've done a, a sermon where I take one of the well-known parables and, and we always look at it from the good Samaritan or, you know, so-and-so. And, but, but looking at those from the, the case of the innkeeper or the shepherds at the nativity and knowing that we don't always have to be the main character in God's story of the world. Sometimes we're the witness that runs off with excitement to tell what we saw and heard. And sometimes we're in the struggle that other people witness and get to minister to others. He's saying that these struggles, these purposes behind these struggles, even though you're suffering grief, he's recognizing we suffer. But our proven genuineness of faith, that has gone as a testimony. Friends, your faith is refined through the fires of trials and pressures. It is purifying you and bring forth a faith that is genuine and steadfast. Rather than resenting or avoiding these pressures, we should embrace them. Joy, joy. Knowing that God is at work. Shaping us individuals that are fit for his purpose. And God has a purpose in refining you. He wants to build within you a stronger faith. Life's pressure serves as a catalyst for the strengthening of our faith. Romans 5, 35, again, it's the apostle Paul. Reminds us that the transformative power of pressure when it states, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance produces character and character hope you see that process now and hope does not put us to shame because god's love has been poured out into our hearts through the holy spirit has been given to us that's romans 5 3 through 5 and as you lean into your faith amidst these pressures you develop perseverance and, and endurance and ultimately leading to a hope that is unshakable God desires to build within you a faith that can withstand the storms of life and inspire others to trust him just as you do. He wants you to develop a Christ-like character. Pressures are not merely about enduring hardships. They're about opportunities for character development. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 reminds us this truth. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. As you yield to this refining process, allowing God to shape your character, you begin to reflect the image of Christ more fully. Your response to pressures become an opportunity for God to mold you into a person of love and compassion and humility and mirroring the character of Jesus. And a third purpose in refining you through the struggles is that you may become a witness to others. Your response to life's pressures has the potential to impact those around you and draw them closer to God. Matthew 5, 16 urges, says, in the same way, let your shot light shine before others. That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. When you navigate pressures with grace and trust and unwavering faith, even if you're kind of feeling a little on the inside, but if you are doing with grace and trust and faith, you become a powerful witness to God's faithfulness and provision. We talk about all the time the people that face these illnesses, and you're like, you know, wow, their faith, you know, to hang on and, and push through this thing. It's inspirational. And your life becomes a testimony. Their life is becoming a testimony of God's transformative work, inspiring others to seek him in the midst of their own pressures. Through your response, through the response we choose, we have the opportunity to bring glory to God and draw others into his kingdom. Have you thought about that? Now, periodically, I share a video produced by a group called The Skit Guys. It's been a little while since I've done them. And some of them are funny and lighthearted but they all make an important point in a relatable way. And I'd like to share with you one that is titled, God's Chisel. I'm not gonna play it in its entirety, but let's watch the first few minutes together and take note of the conversation that is occurring between this man and and God. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, that we're, in essence, his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning to look in the mirror, I don't see a masterpiece, you know. I mean maybe, maybe a, a Picasso, you know. But I want to be a masterpiece. I want to be everything that God has created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, God, do whatever it takes to, to get things out of my life that don't need to be there. Mold me the, the image of your son so that I can be your masterpiece. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. <laughs> no, you're not. You're yeah, some person here, I know. That's how some works. Oh, okay, okay. Um, if you're God, then make it snow in here. You no, know, if I made it snow in here, it'd be kind of yucky, and I really want to do that. See, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. Yes, yeah, so I do It's a Greek word. Oh, yeah. oh okay. So if you're God, God what does Lamentations 15 say? Lamentations is a very short book, it only has five chapters. Why so is it so short? I'm starting with Lamenting. Oh, uh, so if, if you're God, who's going to win a World Series this year? You know what? I'm not so much in playing games. Why are you so much in playing games? You are, out Okay, I'm going to win. You answered my question with a question. I did. <sighs> yep, I knew do that. Don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. All right. Hey, yeah. um, what's this uh, about? Yeah, the tools I'm going to use uh, uh, to make you uh, in my room masterpiece a Oh, okay. All right. Hang hey, on. Yeah, I thought you were a carpenter. Oh, that's my son. Here we go. Step right up. Here we go. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Chisel on with the lead. I take on all the things in your life that aren't I mean, going to be telling dead weight. Dude, speaking of that, did you chisel right in here? I just mean, can't get rid of it. I mean, the other away but this, and you know, I've tried exercising, i watched what I ate. I even did Pilates for a while. That was awkward. But if you could chisel on me, right? Chisel top, or can I chisel talk? chisel talk? chisel No, down? no, no, chisel. All right, most of my time, like the fucking talk. I mean, for all the chisel. Here we go. All right. You get a lot of anger? Ow. some pride? Ow! Compare yourself to others instead of me. Ow! You're lazy? You should pretend like you're really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Okay. (laughs) Time out. I do not have a problem with lust. You have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Um. Maybe, maybe we take a little time out. I mean, I think I'm doing pretty good. You are doing good, but when you look in the mirror, you see. I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and others need to see my son. You're like, <sighs> okay, well, uh, Don't take this the wrong way. It's just that when I start looking more like your son, um, people that are comfortable around me. You know, I mean, even my friends at church are all like, oh, you're holding than that. Why would you? Yeah, you know, you know I mean. Not what you're doing right now is you're either playing God certain years of your life, and you're to be God over your whole life. I did not say That's that. What you meant? Yes, it is. It's hard to talk to you. I mean, you know everything I'm thinking. I'm, I'm just saying, saying it doesn't work. Maybe we take, take a little break, a little timeout. We'll, time we'll come back. To it. What you're doing right now is so common. What you're doing right now is called control. Oh. Can you want to control things in your life, or can I chisel control? Chisel control. I don't to chisel. Here we go. No, can we just ride without control? Okay. I've been holding on this for a long time. You ready for this? It hurts. It hurts me more than it hurts you. Ow! I don't think you understand this pain. I'm talking about pain, I'm all about pain. I said my son died on the cross for pain for sin, but i was looking for another reason. You know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, and expecting different results. And there are things in your life. You think back to high school that you've been doing that do not work in your life, but you go to these empty wells whenever you're hurting, whenever you're angry, whenever you're you're lonely and tired, but they do not work. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm thinking maybe. Oh, okay. But what another way? Okay. Look, I'm getting you, good. I made you good. Be good. I, uh, what? Nothing. What is it? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something. What am I showing us to say? Try I hold you over my victorious rights, and don't you forget that. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. every day and tries to dress like an adult and act like an adult, but I can't. So just be prepared for what you're going to find. You've listened to so many voices for far too long that aren't in me. You think you're junk, don't you? You really, really, really think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't like junk. What does that say about me? I'm going to show you that my love for you has no boundaries. We'll stop it there. It goes a little longer, but there's some really good nuggets of truth in that video. I love let's go. The part that you, said, you don't hold me up. You don't hold me up. Yeah, God, I'm gonna let you down. I, you were never holding me up. I'm holding you up. Yeah, yeah. There's some really good stuff in there. But let's look back at this Roman scripture again. But we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Friends, life's pressures are not meant to break you, but to refine you. And as you respond appropriately to these pressures, as you let God do his work through them, trusting in his sovereignty, seeking his wisdom, cultivating perseverance and surrendering his purifying process, you will be we are transformed your faith grows stronger your character becomes more Christ like and you become a powerful witness to the faithfulness and goodness of God so let us embrace the pressures of life as opportunities for growth and transformation knowing that God is faithful to complete the work he has begun in us right i made you to be good i can't be good i made you good Let's be aware of those around us and recognize that they too are facing life's pressures. That they too are, have been given the same promise and the same challenge. And they, they may not realize some of the things that we're starting to realize as we really think about what God's saying. That, that there may be some good work underway in them that they're not seeing that way. Or the effort that will be required on that part because there is effort that is required. And you can take almost any scenario in life, right? Cleaning your house, building a house, raising your kids, working at a job, whatever it may be, and understand that each area needs maintenance. It's not enough to just do something once and then expect that it will stay forever clean, keep working, stay fixed, or take care of itself. It takes work. And everything and everyone needs to be nurtured to remain on track. The same is true with our Christian faith. It is a terrible misconception to believe that personal growth for a Christian believer is natural and easy. It's not. It takes work. And Jesus promised himself, you will face troubles. And pressing on in our faith requires hard work and effort. And God promises the reward is worth the effort. Right? Rejoice. Consider it pure joy. Right? Now we can understand what that means. And I want to conclude with with the verse that I started this message with from John 16, 33. In this world, you will have trouble. But he says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Check the scoreboard, check the scoreboard. May the Holy Spirit empower us to respond appropriately to the pressures of life. May we find strength and comfort in his presence, knowing that he walks with each one of us through every trial, and he faces every pressure to refine us into models of his love and grace. May our lives shine brightly, reflecting the light of Christ and draw others to him. May we find joy in the journey, knowing that God's refining purpose is at work in every aspect of our lives, the good and the bad. May we trust in his promises and continue to grow in faith and obedience. And may God bless us abundantly as we walk in his ways. Let's make that our prayer. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we gather here this 4th of July weekend, we are thankful for Freedom, the freedom of the nation, the freedom of speech and religion and of all those things that that sometimes we take for granted or we forget that that gives others the, the same freedom to think differently or speak differently. But let's also be really aware that the freedom we've really gained is the freedom from our sin. We have the power and the control over it. Jesus, you have overcome the world which gives us peace and confidence to navigate it with all of its struggles. And we are no longer condemned. We have been given absolute freedom to pursue you directly and pursue righteousness. And you say, everyone who calls on your name will be saved. We thank you for that. Lord, would you continue to guide our lives? Would you continue to work on our hearts and minds so that we see ourselves as you see us, as good, maybe a little rough around the edges and need us some refinement and every now and then some, some harsh chiseling, but good, worthy, and valuable, as is the person to my left, my right, and everyone I can possibly think of. You created us as good. You created us to be good. Let us pursue that relentlessly. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.